Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Tube Talk presented by vidIQ. I am your host, Viper, the man about tech. Executive producer of social media here at the IQ. And let's begin this podcast with one of our tube talk shout outs on Twitter. We got a tweet coming in from Ray Dunn. And he says, Viper, how would you suggest to advertise a family YouTube channel or any other YouTube channel? Google Ads, VFly, etc. Please assist. Love the podcast. Thanks. Hashtag tube talk. Ray, I'm going to be upfront with you. I'm not really familiar with how buying ads on Google or any other platform works. But in my five years of doing YouTube, I come to realize that really the best way to get your channel out there is just to let the YouTube algorithm do its thing. Because what the YouTube algorithm will do is that it will find the people that are supposed to see your video. It will usually put your video in the right place. So the YouTube algorithm is very, very good at knowing where to put your video and which audience to put it in front of because it's going to put it in front of people who are watching similar content at that time when they are on the platform. Also, if you really want to promote your channel in other ways, you can go about promoting it on all your other social media platforms, whether that be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever else you are on the internet. That is also another way that you can promote your YouTube channel. Also, if you're in message group, like if you're in Reddit or subreddit or different things like that or other message board, you can promote your YouTube channel on there. But I will caution you to be very careful. If you are not an active contributor to those message boards and you're just coming in off the street and nobody knows who you are and you try to promote your channel and your videos on that message board or in no form, they are going to kick you out so, so fast. They do not like that. So don't go promoting your content in areas where you aren't actively contributing on a regular basis anyway. So those are just a few ideas for you, Ray. Hopefully something I said will resonate with you and you can take that and put it into action. And once again, thank you for listening to the podcast. So on this particular podcast, which is kind of weird, we're going to be talking about podcasting. In a few minutes, I have a podcaster, YouTuber, a host, and now an author Mr. Andrew Alliance is coming to join me in a few minutes on a podcast, and he is a podcaster himself. He has been podcasting since 2009, and he's going to come talk to us about his book. He's going to talk to us about how podcasting has evolved over the past 14 years that he's been doing it. I'm very uniquely qualified to talk to him about podcasting because I myself, as you all know, I'm a podcast host, and I have my own podcast before I became the host of this podcast. So, It's going to be two podcasters talking to each other about podcasting and what's going on in the podcast space today. We'll also have advice for those of y'all who are thinking about starting your own podcast. So definitely hang out with me and Andrew for the next hour. Hopefully uh, we say something that will resonate and you can take down and put it into action. And maybe that will get you one step closer to hosting your own podcast. So with that said, let me get my man Andrew in here and let's roll to the podcast. Welcome back to Tube Talk presented by VidIQ. And this week's very special guest is a host. He's a YouTuber. He's a podcaster. And now he's an author. My man, Andrew Alliance, is in the building. What's up, Andrew? How you doing, sir? 
Great, great. Good to be here, man. It's good to be with you. Your intros are fire, man. I, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Man, I get that so much. I love when people feel like excited to be on the podcast. So I got to get Yeah, I feel like intro. wrestling, man. I feel let's like go, I'm going go. to an arena. Feel, yeah, you know? Let's go. Absolutely, man. So yeah. first thing I got to ask you, because obviously we're going to talk a lot about podcasting on a podcast. How ironic for is sure, that? For sure. <laughs> but how did you get into podcasting? Because it's funny because you asked me, uh, obviously you have a new book, which we'll get into the book uh, later on. But you asked me how much I read of the book, but I, I actually lied. I read more than just the first chapter because I also read the about author section. And you have an interesting story as to how you got into podcasting and why you gravitated towards it. So talk to us about that. What brought you into podcasting? Yeah. So so thank you so much for, for the opportunity. So for me, it's always been about uh, human behavior and understanding uh, language, right? I'm just fascinated with uh, linguistics. I, I just love hearing and observing people talk about things, right? So growing up uh, in middle school, I really struggled with English and we had to take ESL. So I dreaded going to like that outside bus that they had, you mm. know, to go to to ESL and stuff. But one thing that I really focused on even back then was watching a lot of different shows just to be very, very prepared for different conversations. So, you know, I'm an 80s kid, so. You have your different strokes, family matters. You have all the stuff. Who's the boss back yep. then? Charles in charge, right? You can go down the list of all the different things that we <laughs> watched back in the day. And for me, it was really trying to understand how the actors did what they did. And the very great actors, it seemed so natural. It seemed so real, right? So I was fascinated by that just to focus on those things. And my favorite movie is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I watched that over and over again, the, mm. the 90s version, right? Right. And right. then from there, you know, I just just fascinated with it. So around 2005, I started listening to a lot of podcasts around that time. So four years later, on my wife's birthday, I launched my show, The Show Radio, right? And The Show Radio, even today, well, like over 600 episodes later, it is just watching me evolve in the conversation and the interviews and things of that nature. It, it's like, this is how far I've come from the ESL and, you know, th that situation. Right. And then now, you know, the book situation, which happened faster than anticipated, but uh, I'm just fascinated with, with that, you know, psychology, you know, human behavior. I I'm just fascinated by that. And here we are, here we are. All right, for listeners who might not be familiar, what is ESL? Uh, it's English as a second language, even though I was mm -hmm. born in America, right? I had to take that to be more proficient for communication. Yeah. Okay, so when you uh, started podcasting back in 2009, were you podcasting about the same thing that you are now? Because I know now you're in the gaming industry, you're in the gaming and tech space. So were you podcasting about the same thing back then? Yeah, so back then it was like trying to get your, your feet wet, right? So tech gaming was the conversation. So talked a lot about those things and it evolved from tech gaming conversations as a solo person to tech gaming conversation with having different co-hosts. You know, I was testing out different co-hosts around that time. Then it became same kind of framework, but let's see if we can go to events and attend events to cover those events and whether it's tech, you know, products or, or gaming stuff. And it's still the same thing today but more so a tech gaming society and culture, right? Just seeing what hap what's happening with the world. My co-host, Ms. DJM, she's been with me since episode 340, right? Mm -hmm. So okay. I've grown because of her, right? And I think about it more and more. 
the chapter about like team building and stuff like that would not be possible if I didn't have the great relationship that I have with her. So, so yeah, so it's very similar. You know, I've done the crypto stuff. So I have a, a show for the crypto stuff, not as active as it used to be, depending on what's happening with crypto. Uh, but this is uh, the main uh, flagship right now, the show radio tech gaming. So there are so many different ways of doing content as a creator today. Obviously, those of us on YouTube doing video, whether it be short form, long form, live streaming. And then you have those of us that are doing podcasts out there. And then you have people on platforms like Twitter Spaces, Clubhouse, different things like that. So there's all different types of content formats available to creators out there today. But you, of course, obviously are a podcaster. So talk to us about some of the maybe apprehensions or things that maybe you were uh, had difficulty with or were kind of apprehensive about when you got into podcasting. Yeah. So the main one was who cares what I have to say? That's the main one, right? Right. Because everybody has a unique story, a flair, flavor that they bring to the microphone. But who cares what I have to say, right? And I think that once I decided that um, I have something to say, I, I really want to contribute to the platform. I really want to contribute to tech and gaming. You know, I have a lot to say about those things. And uh, the confidence building, you know, family, you know, you, you take family into account and say, hey, you know, this is some things that uh, I'm trying to pursue. You know, what do you think I should consider adjusting? So I think that was a big thing, self-talk, right? Uh, as you're approaching a, a different industry and even YouTube is its own beast, as you mentioned, uh, in so many ways, like even though I podcast regularly, YouTube content is way different because you have to really dial in the, the viewer and what they want from you, not what you think you want to give them, right? You can do that later when you are a bigger creator, right? with millions of followers, but you can't necessarily do that at, as you're starting off for YouTube. So it was a lot of self-talk. And once you get past the self-talk and part of the things that I talk about in the book is how do you find your voice? Like, what does that look like? Yes, I'm speaking to you. You hear me and you hear Viper, but how did we find our voice to be like, I have arrived in myself to be on a microphone, to have a conversation with you? Like, what happens there, right? And I think one of the things that we talk about a lot on YouTube is you have to do the reps to get to a place where you've made all the mistakes to get better at videos. They say 100 videos. Some people say 100 plus. But if you don't do the reps to have the conversation on a microphone, you won't find your voice as fast. You know what I'm saying? So, right. so I think you have to really focus on that. And then the other part about that too, and finding your voice is really asking individuals who know you well, like, what am I really like? Am I likable? Do you like me? If you hear my name, are you sad that I'm coming over and hanging out or are you happy? Right. <laughs> so even those things will help somebody find their voice um, absolutely quickly in the process of starting out their platform on podcasting. So you brought up an interesting point about going through the rep. So like you said, like you alluded to, when we talk about getting the reps on YouTube, maybe that's making your first 100 videos so you can get your feet wet and discover your voice, as you said. But how does that work in podcasting? Like, in your opinion, how many podcasts do you record before you find your voice? Like, how does that work exactly? Okay, so for me, it was about 100. Mm, okay. So around 98 and 101, I was like, this is who I am. You know, uh, I know how to start the show. I know how to do my intros. You know, they're pretty locked in. And then it became the, if we mess up, we can edit post-production, Right. Right. So like for an intro, it'll be like, hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the show radio. This episode 615, I'm your host, 
right? And then hanging out with Viper, right? So like that process over and over again, it comes natural because you've done so many reps, right? And for me, it was about 100 episodes where I was like, I, I know who I am. I know what I offer. I know how great I am in doing it. And that's the other thing too. It's not, it's not necessarily an ego thing. I'm great at what I do, right? Right. Viper is great at what he does, right? And I'm not Viper. Viper is not me. And we can go down the list of all the different creators, but we're all collaborators in the same space, right? Mm -hmm. Which is what we're doing now. So I think that uh, for me, it was about episode 100. 100 episodes. That sounds about right. Because as you said, you have to put in the work, put in a lot of reps to get comfortable delivering content, whether that be via podcast or video or whatever platform or content format that you choose to pursue, you got to put in the work. And I think a lot of creators out here don't understand that this takes work. Like he said, I just didn't become Viper overnight. Like I made hundreds of videos. I've done hundreds of podcasts now to where it just comes second nature to me because I've done it so many times. Andrew has done 600 episodes. Like what? I mean, so this is a lot of work that has to go in. But if you're willing to put in the work, if you are willing to put in the work, you will have no choice but to get better because the more you do it, the more repetition you get doing the thing, you cannot help but get better because you're going to become more comfortable. You're going to find your confidence. You're going to find your balance, your delivery, your tone, your flow. And then the magic just happens because you have those repetitions and you learn and you evolve and it, you grow. And it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. So you've alluded to it a couple of times now. Let's get into it, man. You've been podcasting since 2009. Over 600 episodes, and now you have written a book. The book is called Podcasting, What You Should Know. So, Andrew, give us a little preview of the book. What should we know about podcasting here in 2023? <laughs> and that's the thing, right? It's a provocative title in, in a lot of ways. It, it was designed to be, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, for me, when I was thinking about creating the book last year into this year, it was more so... What can I provide practically for the individuals who are new and seasoned content creators, right? So what does that look like? Is it a software list? Is it microphone? Is it my journey of starting out with a mic that's like $20? Is it tools? And I think the tool section, and I'm not going to name any of the tools, but I think one of the main tools that I mentioned in the book will drastically change any content creator's life, whether you're new or season. I think that piece of software alone, if, if we want to call it that, Ooh. right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, companies are creating products around it, and it ranges anywhere from $100 to a subscription model just to unlock that particular feature to have access to this thing, right? It brought, it brought me back a lot of time. And I think the value of the book, if you just get that from the book, I'm okay with. So, so going back to you know, how you framed your question, it's really a practical guide. You know, what should I think about podcasting? Uh, what does uh, perpetuity mean? You know, what is FTC and why should I care about that? Right. So I think like some of the things that you'd have conversations either at a dinner table or a walk with somebody that you expect, it is not a technical guide, but it does offer my journey and a lot of aspect of podcasting that you should consider as you're creating your brand and your platform. That is pretty cool, but I got another pertinent question for you. One does just not wake up one day and decide to write a book. We don't do that. <laughs> so I got to know, Andrew, what was the catalyst for the book? What made you want to write this book right now? Yeah, so, so right now was, was really interesting because we're 
there's a lot of things happening with YouTube and podcasting, right? So YouTube right now is number one in podcast consumption, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when you think about YouTube and then Spotify, then you have a lot of companies making it easier to even sound good, right? Your, your lip sins or your anchors in terms of how they're allowing you to process your audio chain to make it easier for you to just sound good, even if you don't have the best equipment that you would like to have at that time, right? So, so there's that. And, and the fact that over 10 plus years, um, I do believe that there's a lot of information that I've been able to get that I wanted to put it somewhere where it's not lost, right? In a podcast episode, because a lot of conversations that I've had in the past, it's like, yeah, you know, how to start a podcast. I could do a how to start a podcast conversation in an episode, but after a while that gets lost, but there's something about a book that people resonate with. That's a little bit different. I don't know what it is. I can't even explain it, right? Even my birthday was this week, right? So I launched it on my birthday. Even the response from individuals that I haven't heard from in years, because it's in this format, right? So we, we have audio, video, written word, but there's just something about that format. So I was like, you know what? I have all this information. I, I started taking the notes. And then the other thing to your question is I spent 14 weeks prepping for that on Clubhouse. So I would do a room on Clubhouse. I would answer all the questions and all the questions that kept coming up. That's how the chapters were formed for the book, right? Ooh. So when, so towards the tail end of like 14, 15 weeks, I'm like, okay, so we're not getting the same questions anymore because I've already answered them. So now it's like, all right, now we just have to put the book together, right? Mm -hmm. It's time because if you answer the same questions for 14 weeks and now you have a, a framework for every single chapter at that point, right? You know, history of podcasting, you know, how to build a team, um, you know, taxes, you know, just different things that you want to consider. The, the audio chain, I have a chapter about the audio chain, what that's supposed to look like. It's one thing to have Adobe Audition. That's fantastic. But if you don't understand the audio chain, it doesn't matter how great a mixer you have. You can have a my Caster or a Rodecaster. But if you don't understand how sound is processed, you can have $700 worth of equipment. It's not going to mean anything, right? Mm -hmm. So I think like those things that, you know, I wanted to like dial it down to as simple as possible, as practical as possible. But Clubhouse had a lot to do with that preparation. Ah, uh, Clubhouse. We'll definitely get into that later. This episode of Tube Talk is brought to you by vidIQ's Trend Alerts tool. Think Google Alerts, but specifically for YouTube trends. This tool is great for planning your next video as it helps you stay on top of trending topics within your niche. Provided you have vidIQ installed on your Chrome or Firefox browser, you'll find it on the left-hand sidebar the next time you're in your YouTube studio. Once there, you can create an alert and enter keywords for it and set the parameters. So, for example, I could have a channel that covers iPhones. And I may want an alert that includes things like iPhone, iPhone 12, or even Apple event. Then I can set up my alert to email me whenever a new video hits, say, 500, 1,000, or even 10,000 views an hour. So if suddenly I get an email and see 20 new videos all talking about iPhone 27 rumors, and they're all each getting about 500 views an hour... I know that something's probably going down and I had better hit record. The Trend Alerts tool is free when you sign up with vidIQ. So visit vidIQ.com, install the extension, and start creating Trend Alerts today. The book again is called Podcasting What You Should Know. And of course, I will be remiss if I did not ask you, how do my listeners go about getting your book if they want to purchase the book? Sure. So if you do Podcasting What You Should Know on Amazon, it's on Amazon, uh, working together on Google, Play right now. It is on Barnes and Noble Press. 
those are the places that is currently available right now. Um, I may extend it to some other platforms, but definitely the ones I wanted to hit for sure was Amazon and then Google Play and Barnes & Noble Press. Podcasting, what you should know. Awesome, man. For those of y'all who are interested in the book, if you want to purchase your copy, I will have a link to the Amazon store in the show notes here. So definitely go down there, check out the book. Thank this you. man is legit. No, no problem, man. No problem. A minute ago, you were talking about the different podcasting hosting services like Anchor and Lisbon. And there's, I think, uh, what was it? Uh, there's another one that I'm, I'm missing the name of. But in your opinion, being a podcaster for as long as you have been, what is the best podcast hosting service out there right now in your opinion? Right. So best is subjective. I'll say that. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's that. So for me, Lipson has done an amazing job at hosting my stuff. Right. I hear great things about Buzzsprout. I hear great things about Spotify. And even from what we understand right now, by way of news, they may be rebranding the Anchor FM into like Spotify for creators or something like that. So there's been some news surrounding that. We'll see what that looks like later. So I like Anchor. Right. I think Anchor offers a great platform for individuals who are not necessarily starting out with an amazing budget. Right. And they want to have a podcast that's going to be on Spotify. And if you have enough of the um, intestinal fortitude to say, hey, I'm going to do this. Right. I, I think it's a great platform. I think Anchor is great. Yeah. Lipson is great. I think those two you can't miss and we can't ignore YouTube. Right. Mm. We can't ignore YouTube because YouTube is a great platform for video and audio. And the, another thing that we talk about in the book is audio is extremely important. If your video is great, but your audio is not so great, people will check out of the video. Immediately. Immediately, right? But if your audio is excellent and the video is like 720p, they'll watch the whole thing because yeah. your audio is amazing. So even the foundation of that is important. But but those two are really good for, for platforms. And also make sure you're reading the terms and conditions and how they affect you. And there's a chapter and, and the book as well about that. Yeah, definitely uh, read the terms and conditions because I remember a couple of years ago, Anchor came under a lot of fire for their terms and conditions about how if you were to host a podcast on that platform, technically you did not have ownership of your own content. And a lot of people were not happy until they had to go and change their terms and conditions Absolutely. to make creators happy. And for those of y'all who are not aware, your boy Viper here, I hosted my podcast on Anchor called Vibe Drive. It was my tech podcast that I did from 2019 to 2021. Now, I don't do it anymore because uh, I now host this podcast, which is a full-time job. So I don't really have time to do my own podcast anymore. But I've, I've had a podcast in the past. I know how difficult it is to come up with guests all the time and different things like that. Podcasting is no joke. People think it's easy. It kind of looks like who's... It's it kind of similar to like people think how people think YouTube is either they, they see the end result, they see the pretty videos and the V and the B roll and things like that. And they think that creators just have it easy. They think we just get up out of bed, hit record on a camera or a microphone, and we just put stuff out there. But Andrew, tell them about how difficult it is to podcast oh, because man. it is not easy, sir. It is not easy. It's it's not easy. I think that having a team is extremely important. Like even when I was doing like the trailer for the book, right? So I'm like, okay. I want to do a, a trailer. Who's the voiceover person? That's automatically me because, you know, hey, it's my thing, right? right. Um, you don't necessarily want to outsource or whatever. So even promoting this week has been like stressful. I lost a lot of sleep and podcasting for preparation for your notes and synergy with your, your team and who's actually producing it. And let's not even get into like how money is distributed, right? Because when money's introduced, it's a whole nother thing. I remember, um, and synergy is extremely important. I just want to touch on that. There was uh, one situation where I saw 
that two individuals were hosting a show on a platform. I'm just going to keep it very general, but this is this really happened. And while they were hosting, I was listening to the host talk back and forth to each other. And then after the episode was over, I went to a family member and I said to them, they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it. And they were like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, he doesn't respect her. Number one, we mm. could tell by the way he sounds and how he addresses her. Right. And whenever they have a big guest, he seems like he wants to be the one that knows everything. And he puts her down whenever she's trying to make a point. Mm. I don't think they're going to make it. Viper, it wasn't even the end of the week. <laughs> they disbanded that show. I bet. Right. So I think like even when you think about that, it seems like a simple thing or asking individuals, hey, you should drink water and not coffee before you record a podcast because coffee, you know, dehydrates you and stuff like that. That's simple, but it's like a big deal. You're going to be on a microphone for a while, whatever that is, an hour, an hour plus or whatever. You just have to be mindful of those things that really changes how you interact with not only your guests, but how you perform. Right. Yeah. Because there is a level of art and performance in podcasting, depending on how it's set up, whether it's audio or video, if it's just audio, it is theater of the mind, right? There is that as well. So there's a lot of things that you have to consider. It's, it's difficult, man. Like rest is extremely important. And over 600 episodes, you know, I, I do believe that is a milestone in a lot of ways, but I couldn't have done it without Daniela. I couldn't have done it without her. And I dedicated, you know, there's a section for dedication. And I added her in that dedication as well because she's very instrumental in how we do this stuff on the podcast. That is pretty awesome. So you've alluded to it several times throughout this particular podcast about team. So tell us about your team. Like, How many people do you have on your team for your podcast? I think team extends to so many different things, but it's just me and Daniela by way of okay. team. Okay. In terms of like, you know, podcast post-production, all that stuff, I do that. She's on-air talent. I'm on-air talent. You know, I do the production of the show. But when it comes to team, you know, if we broaden it a little bit, you're part of that because you didn't have to do this, right? The fact that Amazon gives us an opportunity to publish books, they're part of the team. They didn't have to do that. We host videos on YouTube and we don't pay for that. They're part of that team too, right? Mm -hmm. So we can go down the list of all the different things. I I never really understood when people say say like self-made. I do lean on the team self-applied because a lot of the things that we do we need help, right? Amazon is hosting my book. I'm not doing that. Right. They print it too. I'm not doing that. Right. So I think on the broad side of things, you know, team is extremely important. I just appreciate everybody that takes the time to support. But Daniela and I, we've been friends for a very long time. I think 2014, 2015, maybe, you know, she started like checking out my content and making comments and the stuff that I was doing. And I, I thought it was very nice, you know, kind gesture. And then it it went from that to having her as guest spots on the show. She's cool, dope individual. We meshed well. So that was fantastic. And then at some point, I'm like, dude, you've tested other folks before by way of like, you know, a co-host. And here's somebody that's willing to help out. And we're 300 plus episodes later, you know, still going strong. That is pretty awesome, man. I love how you like you spread out the term of team to the place that host the content. I can even take a little bit further and spread it out to the listeners of the podcast. I mean, absolutely. I get tweets every week from people that listen to the podcast and get value in it. My editor, Dylan, who does an amazing job. Dylan, I love you, man. Appreciate everything that you're doing, bro. I'm glad we were able to help you out with your request this week, too. But yeah, like there's just so many different things that go into it. And like I said, podcasting is difficult, man. 
One of the most difficult things for me about this particular podcast is that I have to go out each and every week and find guests. People think it's easy because I'm Viper, but you understand, like, it's one thing to find guests every now and then. But Viper has to go out and find a guest almost each and every week. That is 52 weeks a year. And I don't always find a guest every week, and this is not possible. So sometimes you get the podcast with me. But talk about how you go about finding guests for your podcast because it is not an easy feat. No, no, it's not. I think it's it's a little bit easier in the tech and gaming space, especially if the company is getting ready to release a product and they mm-hmm. want to talk about it. Right. So that makes it easier. Uh, we don't have guests as often as we used to. Uh, and I guess within the last year or so, because we we have the conversations and we try to keep it, you know, super trendy, especially with Google Trends and how we can research this stuff, whether it's vidIQ. Right. We can put the, the stuff there to get some dope titles or whatever. So these days it's me and her. Right. Me and Daniela. And the conversation surrounding about getting a guest, if a company's promoting a product, that's like, I think that's easier, right? Yeah. That's easier, right? You say, hey, you know, my name is, my name is this and, and that, you know, I, I saw that you recently released, you know, this product, you know, we'd love to have a conversation about it by way of an interview. You know, are there, are there any times or days that are available that, that suits your schedule, right? Boom, like an easy template. And then you go from there and then they respond back, you, you schedule it. And then usually my thing is for, for conversations that I've done with past interviews with uh, the gaming industry, I always ask, what is off limits, right? Because I believe in scripted content, but not so much scripted, right? Like, especially right. like a conversation like this, right? If you tell me what's off limits, I will stay so clear from that, right? And it makes it much easier for the guests to open up, right? So I guess that's just a, a tip that I, I realized over time has become a part of me. I'm like, What's off limits? Oh, that's off limits. Anything else? Okay. I saw you in the recent news of this, that, and the other. Do you want to talk about that or no? No? Okay, cool. And then from there, the conversation opens up to anything else I want to talk about, right? Right. Within the framework of if it's a tech conversation or a gaming conversation or whatever. And it's it's been pretty successful. Um, I, I do believe we've done well in that area. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you bring up the whole uh, what's off limit concept. Oh, before that, you were a guest on the, the G Media show. And I, I was. That. I was on your podcast. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's interesting. I've been podcasting myself since 2019. I have never asked any of my guests if anything's off limit. Because in my mind, Andrew, when I bring people on to be my guests, I am not trying to have a, a moment with them as far as I got you or something to make them uncomfortable. I'm just trying to have a casual conversation about the industry that we both share or the industry that they're in or their efforts at. So it never really uh, even occurred to me to ask them what's off limit. Now, I've had had a couple of times where a guest will tell me, like, I don't want to talk about this. And I'm like, fine, we don't talk about that. Like, yeah. obviously, I'm not going to talk about where you live. Obviously, we're not, we're not doing that, okay? I'm not putting people on blast. I'm not messing with your security like that. So we're not doing that. Or if there's a sensitive topic that they may be in the news for at that particular time, we don't have to talk about that. We, we're not doing that. Because, again, I yeah. bring people here to be comfortable and have comfortable conversations. I know there's other shows out there that are more of the controversial gotcha type deal. That's not what I'm doing here. And that's not what I want to do with my podcast and my content. I want people to feel comfortable when they come talk to me and have fun and enjoy it. And that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. I mean, you've always been super dope in, in that regard. And I think that a lot of folks, especially if they're meeting you for the first time, right? Most of the conversation that, that I've had in a gaming space, you know, for a company promoting a game, a lot of times it's been a first, right? So the PR rep is like, do I hang out to make sure that they don't ask any questions that's going to like, you know, you know, that kind of vibe. Right. Or if they know me, then they just say, <laughs> you're good. Right. Because they know that when I share the information, I'm really here. Like you just said, you're here to like 
have a great conversation and not a gotcha moment and stuff like that. But I think that asking that for me and my experience at the beginning, they know that you have their best interest at heart. So minutes in, we're already talking about a lot of other things that may not be related to why we were talking in the first place. And then we'll, you know, dovetail and pivot into that later. So, so yeah, it, it does help. Yeah, I think that's one of the responsibilities of a podcast host is to make your guests feel comfortable. I want to create a situation where they are comfortable coming back in the future. That's really, that's really what I want to do, because if I can do that, then I have done my job. Because like I said earlier, I want people to come on here, have fun talking to me, provide value for me and my guests. And then I make them feel comfortable enough to the point where if I want to ask them back in the future, they have no problem coming back in the future. And luckily, I've been able to do that over my year or so hosting a podcast. So it's been good. But it's funny because when you have newer creators out here, and I get the question, I've gotten the question a lot in my day because I'm not the biggest creator number-wise, but I've been able to get some of the most influential people in tech and gaming on my yes, podcast. And people were like, Viper, how did you get so-and-so on your podcast? You're not even that big, blah, blah, blah. And it's because I make them feel some type of way. I allow them to have fun and open up and be themselves. And they know that when they talk to me, I'm not out to get them or put them in an uncomfortable situation. A lot of times when you're just starting out as a creator, it's more about how you make people feel rather than what you can do for them as far as your sub counter and your, your fan base and what you can do and things like that. People really gravitate to and remember how you make them feel. It is so important. So if you can put people in a situation where they can enjoy being around you and talking to you and they generally have fun and you, and you give off a good vibe, that goes a long way, especially as a newer creator, man. So I just want for you sure. all to understand that. Just be cognizant of how you make people feel and that will take you a very long way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been a beautiful thing watching, you know, us grow and build the relationships that we have. And if you have a bad situation with somebody in the industry and that person moves from one company to another, yep. your record goes Move from one place to another. Yeah. Yep. So you just have to be mindful of that. And I, we talk a lot about being brand friendly. I think it's pretty easy to do that. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I try to treat these days, you know, the last seven plus years, I try to treat every conversation as if it's already public. Sometimes I'll even sign off in like a, a DM. Hey, in the event that this conversation goes public, I'm okay with what I said here. Like I treat everything as if it's a public conversation because yeah. you're working on something, you're getting ready to release something. People don't like you. They screenshotted whatever that situation was. And mm -hmm. now you're on front street because they have a personal vendetta, right? Yep. So you just have to be mindful of that. Yeah, just treat people good and you'll be good. I hate to be the bear of bad news for y'all listening, but there is no conversation happening on the internet that is private. Hell, even if it's not on the internet, it's not private because you don't know who could be recording or what situation might be or what their intentions might be. That's so I think it's just a general safe rule that never assume that your conversations are public no matter if they're online or offline. Just assume that you, uh, whatever you say can be used against you. So just be careful. Absolutely. I want to talk about brands and how you work with brands because I know it's a little bit different when you're working with brands as it relates to having a podcast. So how yeah. do you go about connecting with brands as a podcast? So how do you get them to like work with you on a podcast type level? I've been very fortunate. So the grind at the beginning was tough, right? Reaching out to brands and say, hey, can I review this and that? In the last couple of years, we see a lot of brands that have shifted over to like a specific department dedicated for creator relations, right? Mm -hmm. We've seen a lot of that over the years. And I think for me, like being a Logitech G partner and, and being able to collaborate with Astro Gaming and even Blue Microphone, uh, shout outs to them. 
I think it's really a conversation about, you know, self-conversation. Are you willing to get out there to be seen? And that's the tough part, right? Because right now with what's happening with the world, if you're still wearing a mask, et cetera, et cetera, I'm not going to mention any words that could affect, you know, the, the algorithm or whatever, but you have to be able to be seen and you have to be able to look people in the eye for them to make an opportunity for you, right? And I think that that's really been a, a strong thing for me is going out to, you know, whether the event is small or not. There was one video that Gary Vee did a, a long time ago. It's called um, One Versus Zero or something to that effect. Like that one meeting, that one podcast, that one event, that one listener, that one stream that only has two people could be legendary for you because you don't know who that person knows yes. and how they could open one is greater than zero. You don't know how that can transform whatever you're doing. So I think with that, I, I've seen a lot of opportunities from you know the Logitechs, the Astros of the world. And what it does, it makes it easier for you to do what you do best, right? Whether that's a microphone thing or you know, you're mixing or, or keyboard and mouse or whatever thing that you enjoy. But it's really about just having an honest conversation about who you are and just mention this, what numbers look like for you, what reach looks like for you. And I think that once you're honest with that, even if your reach is not that great in terms of numbers, you know, may, you may not have 10,000 yet on YouTube, but if you're a nice person, <laughs> you'd be surprised, right? Yeah. You'd be surprised what doors actually open up. So, so yes, there are a lot of companies that will say, hey, we don't necessarily work with individuals uh, with your current metric. They'll try to say it as nice as possible. Mm -hmm. But in the event that that changes in the future, we'll be you know, more than willing to open up and provide a different conversation or whatever, right? So I think like you just have to be in the seat and, and be ready uh, and just be mindful that you're taking notes of what your reach actually is, right? If there's a media kit you know, app that you can put your information in there, put your socials, put your, your demographics and all that stuff. Maybe create a kit on Canva. This is my current follower count. This is how many views I get a month. You know, if you have to do that work for yourself also, because that one email could be the last time you hear from that company because you didn't even bring your best at that first impression, right? So I think you have to be mindful of those things. I want to go back and highlight what you said about your character. Because we don't talk about it nearly enough in the creative space. But like you said, being a nice person, being a genuine good human being will literally take you a long way. As I've highlighted before in this podcast, I do not have the biggest following. Uh, there are other tech creators out there that have much bigger followings than I have. But I have been reached out to brands like Google and Verizon, even with my small following, just because of how I move and interact throughout the tech community. People know I'm a pretty cool dude. They know that if you talk to me, you're going to have fun. If you want me to promote something, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm good. And they see me and they see how I interact in the community. That's the other thing that I keep trying to uh, reiterate to you all. When you're on social media, you're being watched. These brands are watching you. Your fellow creators are watching you. Your audience is watching you. So everybody's watching how you're interacting out here on social media. And like Andrew said, if you are a nice person and people know that you're nice and you have that reputation throughout the community of being a nice person, there are so many other doors that will open to you Absolutely. because people know that you're easy to work with. It is so important just to be a genuine, caring human being and things will open up and present themselves to you. I love that you said that. Absolutely. Yeah, I reached out to somebody via DM because I was doing, 
I was going back and collecting on my goodwill, if you will, right? Yeah, right. So you have you have all these conversations with people, you invite them on your show, and now I have this thing out, this book out. Now I'm like, hey, can you, you know, just signal boost a little bit if you don't mind? And one of the things that they asked me, are you still doing a podcast? I said, yeah, but I didn't even know they, they listened, right? So you right? don't know. You don't know. No. Even in podcasts, I don't even know. I, I, I'm amazed at how many people listen to this very podcast. It's like, wow. Absolutely. I mean, I know BitIQ is a big company, but there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast that I'm becoming aware of each and every week that listen to the podcast. I'm like, okay, I did yeah, not know like that you even, listen to it. Even the one that you did about you know getting hacked and how to like make sure you secure yourself. You mentioned mm-hmm. the key. And all the things that you mentioned on that episode is like valuable information. Like if you don't do that, you can really lose out on your big business, right? Because YouTube yeah. is a business. And if you hand over those keys because you didn't want to, you know, lock everything, you know, it's, it's not going to be a good thing. Not at all. All right. So I want to get back into podcasting. Earlier, I talked about platforms like Clubhouse and Twitter Faith. And then you talked about it earlier. Being a person that's been in podcasting since 2009, which makes what, 14 years now. How have you seen podcasting evolve over the past 14 years? So technology definitely has changed to make it easier, right? What we're able to do on our phones today, even with an audio adapter on the phone and XLR mic is extremely powerful what we can do. I remember there was one interview I did at E3. I had a small adapter, a phone, two microphones, and a XLR cable split. And that video did over 27,000 views. Right. So things have changed so much that you can really do extremely well just by doing the work. Right. So in terms of platforms, we've seen some platforms come and go. We've seen a lot of free podcasting platforms that didn't have the money to sustain the free product that they were offering. And they kind of fell by the wayside. Right. We've seen content creators pod fade, as they call it. You know, some creators started out at 2000, around 2009 and I don't see them anymore. But there's there's different reasons for that, right? Life reasons, different things, different passions, you know, have changed. But when we look at how things are easier today, turnkey is is what I think about. So many things are so much easier. It's just a turnkey solution for you to be the best that you can be. And you can do it free, right? You're exchanging something. We talked about the Spotify, you know, anchor, but it's so much easier. Um, And the knowledge base of individuals have changed as well, you know, have upgraded, right? We know more, right? Right. And and advertising has changed, right? Oh, yes. For podcasting. And even when you see what YouTube is doing with um, the vertical live video, go live together, as they call it. So you have that, which is amazing for individuals who are content creators. And the fact that shorts are going to be monetized uh, February 1st, right? Correct. So that's literally right around the corner. So, and YouTube adding a dedicated page for podcasts. Mm. I mean, that's, we didn't even see that coming. That happened um, August of 2022, around around that time last year. We didn't see that happening, right? So all the products that we're seeing that are coming out or solutions or integrations, if you want to say that, is benefiting the podcaster. Whether you want that podcaster to be a video audio person, it's benefiting the content creator for sure. Now, Clubhouse, on the other hand, just want to get back to that as I'm thinking about it. Clubhouse is a audio on demand platform, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a podcast. No. Right? We can say it is, but if we're looking at technical definitions for those who are like super technical when it comes to that stuff, it's not a podcast, audio on demand, right? 
but you can take that content and make it a podcast later by adding it to RSS feed. So even that platform with tools like Club Deck, which is like the external tool that you can use for Clubhouse right. and record those conversations live with a lot of you know, people asking questions and you're answering those questions, that in and of itself can be an amazing podcast if that's the kind of social audio lane that you want to go into for your show, that you want to take that content off of Clubhouse and put it on like an Anchor or a Buzzsprout or a Libsyn or what have you. So I think it has changed and it has become a lot easier but you still have to do the work, right? It's easier. We have a lot of tools. Yep. Even the tool that I have, the first tool that I have in the book, like it's amazing, but you still have to do the work. That but never it, changes. It has changed. That yeah. never changed. Doing the work and having to do the work never changes. It's the one thing that will always be constant in the creator space. If you want it to stuff, we need it stuff, you have to put in the work. I say it time and time again. I will never stop saying it. Because I'm a firm believer in you have to put in the work. There's just no substitute around embracing the grind. So I hope you all recognize that. So, Andrew, of course, we got to talk about Clubhouse and Twitter Facebook. Like, I mean, I met you on Clubhouse. So we got to talk about Clubhouse and Twitter Facebook. Now, as you uh, said, they're not technically podcasts. They're more like social audio. They're definitely different from podcasts in the fact that usually with a podcast, you don't have live interaction with the audience. But when you're on a Clubhouse or Twitter Facebook, you have real live one-to-one interaction with the audience. So talk to us about your thoughts about Clubhouse and Twitter Facebook and where you see those platforms in the next maybe five years or so. I love the platforms. So I'll say I'll say that up front. I love mm-hmm. the platform for what it offers. Even when you look at a tool like ChatGPT, right? Right. Which has been a craze since post Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> Give or take. Having and hearing different conversations about that tool, if you want to say ChatGPT by way of tool, and seeing how questions are being answered and the, the flood of information that you can get in one room in about an hour is incredible, right? right? Same thing for Twitter spaces, whether you're in a crypto room or a business room or just, you know, conversations about, you know, life and art. A lot of dope things happen on those platforms. Now, taking that content and making a podcast, editing can be a really, really, really painful, right? Ooh, yeah could be painful because you have in a community like Clubhouse, depending on how you're viewed, they're individuals that their sole purpose on a platform is to disrupt the conversation when they come into the room. Yep. Now, I don't have to worry about that when I'm recording my podcast, right? Right. Because it's me and Daniela. But if you're on Clubhouse or Twitter Spaces, wherever your editor is or or is going to be, they have to account for those things because there are a lot of disruptors that don't care about the content that you're creating on the platform, even if it's a chat GPT, even if it's financial literacy, you know, whatever you're talking about on the platform, they don't care. They just want to raise their hand, come up on stage and just disrupt the entire flow. Right. So moderators have to be on guard, right. They have to be ready. They have to be alert, right. To make sure that that space stays safe. So there's that, but I think both platforms are amazing. Twitter is a bigger platform. I think there's a lot that happens on a Twitter platform by way of conversation. There's specific conversations that I see on Twitter more than I see on Clubhouse. Like the NFC conversation, in my opinion, happens more on Twitter spaces than it does on the Clubhouse platform. I don't know if it's always been like that, but that's what I've seen. But they both add value because they can even make you a better podcaster Mm. if you're engaging in those kind of conversations. So somebody comes on, on stage and you have to either, you know, put out a fire or, you know, talk in real time and just 
your on-demand flow, right, can be leveled up very, very quickly if you spend a lot of time on the Twitter spaces. Oh, yeah. Well, Clubhouse specifically, because of how many people you can get on stage more than Twitter spaces. But right. you can level up, you know, how your, your bravado or how you present yourself on audio, you know, with those platforms because of the compounding effect of the level of engagement that you get in real time. Bruh, when you think you can level up your ability to talk and articulate, you are not kidding. That was one of the first things that I noticed about being on Clubhouse uh, when the platform was hot back at the uh, early stages of 2021. I quickly came to realize that the more I talk on Clubhouse, the better I was able to articulate things like that. And that helps you in a lot of different ways. It helps you as a podcaster. It helps you as a video creator. It helps you as a live streamer. Just being able to articulate better for longer periods of time because you're in a spot where you have to talk and keep a conversation going amongst a room full of people. Like, I can't understand the value of Clubhouse and Twitter Facebook and what they've done to make people better public speakers in general. Absolutely. Like, it, it's incredible. It, it's really incredible the effect that they've had on our society since they came into fruition two years ago. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I think that they still offer a lot of value. And if you like drama, like soap opera type drama, you'll, you'll find it on Clubhouse. That's, oh, God, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fact, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, but they do offer a lot of value by way of education, even today. I do believe that. Absolutely. So. You've been podcasting for 14 years. So I got to ask you, Andrew, what is your favorite thing about podcasting? The conversation. The conversation and being challenged in the conversation is still my favorite thing. Preparation is cool. I think editing, you kind of get your flow of editing at this point. You can edit in real time now because you understand how you speak and how you're conveying information. Yep. You know your pauses, you know your stops and things like that. It's always about the conversation still for me today. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. There's a lot of like admin work that goes into putting out a podcast, but I would agree with you. My favorite part is also the conversation. Just like this one tonight, this one's been an amazing conversation with you and uh, all the other amazing conversations that we've had uh, over the past years that we've been podcasting. Definitely amazing. So before we get you out of here, man, I got to ask you, do you have any advice for people that are listening to this podcast that are thinking about starting a podcast of their own? Yeah. Main advice is listen more, right? Listen more. Because uh, that is extremely important. If you have a genre that you want to go into, a particular category in podcasting, listen to what's happening in that space. You know, if it's sports, let's just use sports because we can dial it down to like a specific sport. If it's basketball and you love basketball, listen to what's happening in that space. You're right. And then if you're listening to those shows, those individuals may even have the ability to, if they do it on, on Clubhouse, have you join that conversation, right? Right. And as you're thinking about, joining that space, you can vocalize, hey, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, becoming a podcaster, specifically about what we're talking about today, you know, any tips that you can give me. So you can even use that by way of a launch pad to even create. I think listen more, take notes. I, I think it's extremely important. Pick up the book. I, I'd love that. I'd appreciate that. You know, <laughs> I, will, I will love you for it. My family will love you for it. And um, I'm listening more now to people I'm familiar with, right? Because they say, you know, a prophet is not respected in his own home, that kind of vibe or own community. I'm listening to a lot more people now that I grew up with who have known me for some time, because I still believe that you can learn from anybody from, you know, at all ages. And that's been a practice for me, uh, even heading into this year. So before we get out here, I just want to talk about listening, because when he says listen, he doesn't just mean listen, because you can hear something. And you can be listening to something. They are two completely different Absolutely. things. 
when you are listening, you all, you're not just hearing what's being said. You are able to process what is being said and understand it in real time as you're hearing it. A lot of people are hearing things and they, it just goes in one ear and out the other and they don't really get what's being said or they don't understand the context of the conversation. But when you are listening, you are completely understanding what is being said. You're able to formulate your own thoughts and opinions and maybe you have a response to what's being said or maybe you have a different idea from things that you've heard because you were able to listen to the conversation. Like That is what makes me and Andrew such great podcasters because we have the ability to listen that's, that's the other thing about podcasts. We haven't really touched it tonight, but you cannot be a podcaster if you do not possess the ability to listen, not hear uh, people. Right, right. Listen. Listening is so important, so I'm glad you uh, highlighted that. So thank you. Yeah. A quick note on that as well. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to respond. Because mm. a lot of people listen to like rebuttal. If the conversation is uncomfortable and it's someone giving you information to make you better and it's uncomfortable then that's, you know, that's an area that you need to work on. But listening to rebuttal, you're, you're not going to learn anything from that. No, because you already made it up in your mind and you haven't processed the information properly at that point. So absolutely. Andrew, it's been an amazing conversation on the podcast, my dude. Thank you so, so much. Uh, if the people want to follow you, where are the best places to follow you at? Absolutely. Uriah, U-R-I-Y-Y-A. That's my Twitter. Once again, that's Uriah, U-R-I. YYA and yeah, podcasting what you should know. Definitely check it out. Absolutely, man. Thank you for being on the podcast. Again, if you guys want to get a copy of the book, go down to the show notes. I'll have a link to the book at Amazon. You guys can go pick it up. Uh, let us know what you think about it on Twitter. Again, I'm, I'm reading them now. Definitely has a good beginning. So definitely go down there and check out the book. Thank you guys for listening. Your boy Viper will be back next week with another episode of Tube Talk presented by Vid. I. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tube Talk brought to you by vidIQ. Head over to vidIQ.com slash Tube Talk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video making day.